Hi, I'm Jenny Donheiser. And I'm Nicole Spezio. And this, this is, is How, How We Are You Brainwashed. Washed. Oh my God. We're back in action. <laughs> it's and happening. It's happening. Yeah. We're still we're still doing it. We are still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> how for how much longer, we don't know, but we hope to keep it going as long as we can. And then... don't threaten the listeners <laughs> in this way. You're just being mommy right now and yeah. we're figuring it out. We are figuring it out. Yeah, being full mommy. Am I alive? I don't know. Yeah, how let's check in. How are you doing, girl? <laughs> I'm okay. What's what is there to say? You don't sleep a lot. You have to be no. extremely present at all times because there's a infant depend. That's what they oh, see, we got a little cry happening. And you're sort of like, why are you crying? And they can't tell you. Uh-huh. And that's what's annoying. Totally. And sometimes you try all the things that they tell you, which is, is your diaper wet? Are you hungry? Are you uncomfortable? Whatever. And it still doesn't work. And then you say, oh, well, what? I guess we're just crying. Well, hon, I mean, we should know better than anyone that sometimes you just cry even when everything's going right. Sometimes you just got to cry. Yeah. And that's true of baby as well. Yeah. And they don't have a gestational system. So anytime they're going to the bathroom or need to go to the bathroom, they're upset. They don't have a gestational system. Is what that the right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they can't like or they don't have the ability to pass gas on their own in any capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, they should figure that out. I can't burp or fart on their own, really. Yeah. So we just like develop that skill over time, I guess. I think because you we can start moving on our own and sitting up and stretching mm. and walking. They are stagnant. So you like doing his legs like a little bicycle to make him fart? Doesn't work. Haven't had that work. <laughs> the only thing that has worked is letting him sort of wiggle out on his own. Okay, Lay him down on his back and he just wiggle with Nicole, they wiggle constantly. They're little wiggly worms. They, sometimes they're just in their bed and they are just wiggling and they're not upset. They're just wanting to, that's just how they they operate. They wiggle. Well, maybe your son is a future dancer. Yeah, maybe. He loves to wiggle. So I think, you know, he's already halfway there. C- cut to us going to like the wiggles at Madison Square Garden together. <laughs> Can you believe? His name is Elliot and Billy Elliot is a dancer. And is that where you found your inspiration for the name for your son? Is he named after Billy Elliot? No, but I just made that connection. Okay, yeah. Rate motherhood uh, (laughs) 1 to 10 right now in this moment. I'd say 9. It's really amazing and special. That's so high. That's amazing. Also hard. It's very hard. But also my son is only 4 weeks. So it gets easier, they say. For you to rate it a 9 right now feels incredibly promising. Well, they're so our cute. Futures. That's why we sure. don't kill them oh. because they're so cute. <laughs> that's why the fathers don't eat them. I think he's very handsome. I keep saying that. Graham keeps thinking that's what weird to say. Yeah, I and I gotta say, I'm I'm siding with my boy Graham on that one. <laughs> don't think that's the right word. You're thinking he's handsome. <laughs> I think he's very handsome. Huh? I, okay. I'm, he also still looks like a baby, but I think he's a very handsome baby. Have you seen any other handsome babies in your whole life, or just this one? <laughs> You know whose baby is really, really cute? <laughs> Who? Is Casey Wilson's little girl. She's gorgeous. And see, I think that cute and gorgeous and beautiful are good words for babies. Handsome, I don't know. <laughs> but he's boy. 
that's okay. Boys can be beautiful. God, we're just, you're obsessed with the gender binary. <laughs> Can't let it go. Yeah, he's got a blue jumper on with di- a dinosaur on it because boys have to wear blue with dinosaurs. Yeah, the kids' clothes of it all is really setting us back. <laughs> it's, they really, it's either pink flowers or blue dinosaurs. It's, there's <laughs> nothing in between. It's ridiculous. Well, if you don't care about having blue dinosaur jumpers, I have many to give you if you want, because I don't know how much longer he's going to live in newborn size. Yeah, I mean, pass it my fucking way. <laughs> You'll take my it. girls come like dinos. Yeah, my girls are fucking tomboy, sick, cool girls. They love dinosaurs. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how are you? I am good. I mean, have you got a chance to watch ultimate girls trip Rony legacy are you too busy being mommy i've watched the first three there's a fourth maybe i haven't seen there is a fourth out yeah but i've watched the first three and i'm so happy i love it i'm having the time of my goddamn <laughs> life being back with my friends i really I love, love it i love it so much i'm so happy to see yeah, them so and yeah it's really it is making me miss what i don't have anymore yeah, Dorinda watching Scary Island is iconic. Uh, Dorinda not entire, understanding her room. Yes, there's a B-plot of Dorinda's room being confusing <laughs> to her because it's just a room filled with white doors and she can never find her clothes or the bathroom or, or even her way out of the room. <laughs> and, and that storyline has really been cracking me up. Yeah, really good. <laughs> Yeah, this combo is good somehow, you know. It is a good combo. And, you know, I, I wasn't think Kelly, sure. Kelly is sort of same old Kells. Kelly Benson sort of given us the same stuff she was giving us, which is tough and interesting. I think she came on hoping she would have a redemption arc of like, I'm not yeah. crazy Kelly, but she is still crazy Kelly. And, uh, but I'm sure, but like also, it looks like she's selling multi million dollar real estate. So you could be smart and crazy, I guess, successful Absolutely. and crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. She's crushing it. Yeah. She I is. don't know if I would have said smart about her before, <laughs> but I think like, yeah, she's doing good at her job. I'm surprised she decided to do this considering she's going back to the scene of the crime. I love how on Girls Trip, we really are open to getting a peek behind the curtain. The conversations are more about the show and their experiences. Yeah. I loved Sonia just being like, I need the money, <laughs> which yeah. we all know about Sonia. But right. for her to say, I'm doing this because I need money and I never want to see you guys when I'm not filming. <laughs> so funny. That is, I love that of all of them being like, when we are not filming, you do not return texts. <laughs> And her being like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> whatever, I can't, I'm not doing it, is it's really good. Yeah, she has boundaries. The boundaries are clear. Yeah, the boundaries are strong. She's like, I will work with you, but I am not hanging out with you. I need yeah, a break. When I'm, when I'm off, I'm off. I do not <laughs> need my work friends. I love that. I love Sonia. Just love her she is an incredibly lovable person and who amongst us is not you know (laughs) also (laughs) mentally ill and struggle with alcohol you know it's you you could be lovable and have those two things too i will say luann seems to be drinking and being okay yeah i mean as far as what i've seen saw that coming I, i think when you are sort of forced to go 
to jail and rehab. It's sort of like not your choice. And mm. also, you know, again, what ha- I mean, okay, I was safe except for the like trying to get out of handcuffs and escape a police car, which is a major mm-hmm. deal. The night that Luann got arrested started with her just trying to fuck some guy in her hotel room and accidentally going into the wrong hotel room. And, right. you know, it's not like she was breaking <laughs> in somewhere. She just was like drunk. The room happened to be open because the they were doing housekeeping and she thought it was her room and she's just trying to fuck. Yeah. And that's not a that shouldn't be a crime. <laughs> that you have to change your whole life for. Right. She wants a little rosé. That's okay, I think. I'm happy to see her seeming healthy and good. We could bring our guest in. Okay. Is there anything else you want to chat about? I will say that we are filming this. We're not filming anything. Sorry. We're recording this. We are recording this up the week after Christmas. And I will say, I want to shout out my cousin Amy, who said that she's brought casting to her office and her adult male boss really likes it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Thank you, cousin Amy. Huge shout out to Amy. And they also, they cast each other in the office as types of chairs. And I thought that was an amazing one and I can't wait to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, add it to the spreadsheet. I will absolutely. (laughs) It's going on the spread. Okay, Gorge. Well, should we bring in our fabulous guest? Let's do it. Our guest is one of the best humans we know. A damn delight. Uh, just a goddamn delight to have so many lovely memories from college and beyond with this guest, a loving, kind, smart, funny soul, a fellow podcaster. He does a podcast with former guests of this pod, an amazing human Anna Dresden called Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod, that if you want to get scared, check it on out. Spooky! <laughs> Many a horror story this person has told me, actually, that still stick in my soul and in my body. (laughs) Also writer for the show Miracle Workers, writer on Praise PD, which I absolutely loved, Justice for Praise PD, um, and voice actor on Praise PD as well. Let's bring him on in. Please welcome to the pod, Andrew Farmer. Andrew Farmer. You two. I just couldn't be more delighted to be on this Zoom, which exudes warmth. This, this Zoom call exudes warmth. I'll say I agree. it. That's our hope. And it's always a challenge when we're sort of in different time zones is can we feel a warm vibe amongst us? And it's already It is radiating start. off my computer. And I don't think it's a fan issue in my laptop. So I think it's actually. <laughs> I just also want to say what a deep fan I am of this podcast. I listen to it and it does make me. We, of course, were dear friends from years ago. But it makes me feel like our friendship is so within reach when I Mm. listen to it, which is, I think, the best sort of thing in a podcast. Thank you. That's so nice. The podcast is exclusively for people who miss Jenny and I and want to hang out with us in their brains and have us not hear any updates about their own lives, but (laughs) uh, just see what we're up to. This is first and foremost a newsletter to friends. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. What we've been up to. (laughs) Oh, oh my boy. gosh. Soon to be just a podcast about mom I, bo- honestly, boobies and moms. <laughs> I'd listen to that too. I mean, you two are participating in the miracle of the creation of life. And I feel like all I have to show for being 36 is like, I just have to brush my teeth more often. I think that's <laughs> kind of all I've got going. We absolutely all do. Yeah. You know, spoiler, <laughs> I could tell you, even if you're going to create life, that still might be a struggle. <laughs> oh, no. More so. Well, even. then forget it. Right now, you better believe I'm not brushing my teeth in the morning. I don't got time. It's me want to puke. I got to tell oh, you, I brush my oh teeth, but I feel gosh. like I've got a mom. And that's, I'm sorry to say, but the truth. What's going on with morning sickness? Why? Why is it? 
doesn't happen. Well, farmer, you know, you got a lot of extra hormones pumping through your veins and they sort of make you feel ill is what the <laughs> technical doctor's terms are. <laughs> That's good. That's, yeah. I, it just haven't you been through enough. Must the hormones do this too? Yeah. It's also not in the morning. It's all the time. It's all, Oh, it really is all the time. The misnomer. Oh, my God. See, this is a, as a homosexual man. These are the things that <laughs> I'm not privy to. So it's important for me to learn. And this is part of my allyship is. Thank you. <laughs> just to appear on podcasts and, and learn. This is the time to ask what morning sickness is all about. <laughs> it's night sickness. It's afternoon sickness. It's. Yeah. For Nicole, it's every trimester sickness, <laughs> not oh just for a trimester. Yeah. I'm all over this goddamn city. I, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that people don't want to hear this, but yes, did I get sick on a subway platform on Christmas Eve morning? Yes. Oh. Did I torture the commuters? Absolutely. But I did send the MTA a WhatsApp message to let them know because I thought, you know, how can I do my civic duty and sort of report the oh. wrongs that I have caused to this subway platform? And, and they said, thank you, Nicole. We'll get right on it. That is the work of a citizen of the world. <laughs> that you really believe we're all in this together to alert the city of where you made sick, I think is it speaks volumes about your character. I mean, of course, I did not own up to it. I just said I came across oh, two random piles of vomit just <laughs> up. I have no idea how they got there, but um, oh man, you think everyone's sick right now listening to this and turning it off? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I own a much smaller scale. I one time there's a quite bad diner in Los Angeles called House of Pies that I got sick in. I just missed the toilet. And that's the worst I've ever felt in my life. And I went out and I told the front desk lady and I was like, I screwed up and I'm very sorry. And, um, and she said, like, if everybody who threw up in that bathroom took the time to apologize to me, I wouldn't have a lot of free time, which I thought was a really, a really delightful. Wow. Oh, it's very kind of you. It's it really I feel so bad as so, as someone like I've never had to clean up a stranger's throw up, but but I feel for that. I feel for it deeply. I forget if I've said this on the pod, but one of the most wild things that's ever happened to me is I was peeing at, shout out to Theater for New City, what, oh, some yeah. theater, some very old, decrepit East right. Village theater. I was peeing, sat on the old toilet, fell straight out of the wall, <laughs> fell straight <laughs> out of the wall. I said, I absolutely cannot own up to this. I cannot be the fat woman that peed and ripped the toilet out of the wall. So I did make thin friend of the pod, Ariel Siegel, go tell them that she did it. So they would be alerted, but I would not have to feel shame. But I, I one of the wildest experiences of my entire life. Wow, did water new... shoot out or it just... No, like... it wasn't. It was just sort of, it just sort of fell and... Um, yeah. It wasn't an immediate flooding situation. It was just like, this toilet will not be on this wall anymore. Nicole, I'm here to tell fault. you. Yeah, that is not your fault. That Theater for a New City. Yeah. That that whole establishment was holding off by a thread. Yeah. It, it should be condemned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. People slept down there. Remember when we discovered like a room? Now that's a scary that's a scary story for the pod. There was a, a room down there. There was like a parasite situation happening where somebody was potentially living in Theater for the New City. Oh, I before pizza rat, before sandwich rat, I saw a mouse drag a full ice cream drumstick. You know, the brand like an ice cream cone drumstick. Absolutely. Yes. I saw it drag it across the ground there. A very wow. And nothing was done. I mean, what can it. be done? I don't know. What can yeah. happen? Yeah. 
No, that's not something I can go to the upper level management and be like, there's a mouse with a drumstick, <laughs> the ice cream variety. <laughs> and the man was like, in what room? Was there a bed in there? <laughs> that I My do house. feel like everyone who worked there had some big, thick gray braid. Like somewhere. <laughs> yes. Somewhere there was a big, thick gray braid. The aesthetic was extremely long, thick gray <laughs> braid. Wow, miss her. She's still around. I pass her on occasion on the street. For them. I think it's I think they exist to prey upon recent graduates who are like, I gotta do my show somewhere, you know. (laughs) Yeah, what was the rental fee for that space, do we think? I'm sure cheap if we could afford it. Like three hundred dollars a week. I think it was quite cheap, yeah. I think that was the deal. Tough. It had a lot of kind of haunting paper mache entrances, I remember. Yes. Yeah. Is the entrance a face? The Is entrance face? was kind of a face. There was there were also maybe there were a few doors that were kind of labial. There was <laughs> yes, something about absolutely them. Yeah. labial doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think scary masks out of paper mache. Yeah. How did they end up there? It's not for us to know. No way out. I did a twenty four hour play festival and we all like had to find a space to rehearse in theater for the new city for the 24 hour play festival. And so we were all in very weird situations. (laughs) Maybe that's when I discovered the room where someone lived and then rehearsed a scene in there. 24 hour plays, just even just hearing about it, it evokes, it's like kind of low grade crisis. That's what I just associate with 24 and any sort of 24 hour play festival. Yeah. What? We, someone got a prompt. Someone wrote the show, and then we performed the show that night. Who's coming to see it? <laughs> I, I just think to see it? I don't know that it's not a great idea. Like <laughs> I understand the want of like we can just make something and do it by ourselves, and let's just do it. I get that thought, but it's like I feel this way about improv too. It's like sort of everything that I ever say is improv. It's like <laughs> just having a conversation is improv i'm not thinking about anything i'm saying ahead of time so i'm doing that all day long it's not impressive yeah i i, I understand that and in, in many ways it's like i like when i enjoy seeing people do improv on stage i think i would also just enjoy seeing them have a conversation you know so i think that like yeah. that's fair and fine i'll charge i'll, I'll pay money to to watch two charming people talk to each other For but sure. then once it becomes a thing where it's like i can get really good at this and i say this as someone has done improv for such a long period of time that we that the entire industry did a disservice to everyone being like everyone needs to be taking at minimum eight improv classes <laughs> a year doing right. shows twice a week like no that is not what this is about that's like telling everyone they need to play the clarinet it's not how this works some people are gonna sound good playing clarinet most of us are not i mean the amount of time i banked in back rooms of bars or basement of bars or triple crown you know talking oh, about sad spaces in new york city the triple crown situation there was some drama with that where some guy like booked up every single time you could get at triple crown and then became the middleman between the bar and the improvisers and was like you have to go through me now to book your time at triple crown when really you're just supposed to sign up on the calendar on the website that's like a real life joker (laughs) yeah that was our joker yeah, I feel like it was, we'll bleep the name, but do you remember at all, Andrew? Oh, that? that name does sound familiar, yes. Yeah, he was a weird kind of, got banned from UCB, and then this was how he <laughs> asserted his power. 
everyone is going to be on the edge of their seats, dying to try and figure out, can they undo the bleep? Is there some sort of hacking that can be done to figure out who was terrorizing the downtown comedy scene? <laughs> A lot of people. Yeah, people <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just one of the names I can come up with. <laughs> I'm coming to you live from my husband's childhood bedroom. Um, okay, I was gonna ask. Yeah, I don't decor where you were calling from. Yes, me, me, in my adult life, I do not have the silhouette drawing of a child in the background. That is, that is Chris's <laughs> head. That is his profile, which is virtually unchanged. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of and three, three biplanes in the back. <laughs> Chris is from Massapequa, right? He sure is from Massapequa. Yeah, that's where my mom is from too. No way! I didn't yeah. know that. Did she go to a Massapequa High School? No, she didn't go to high school there, but yeah. Does she have thoughts about the finding of the Gilgo Beach killer? Amazing question. Mom, what do you think about the Gilgo Beach killer being from Massapequa? You think you know him? (gasps) Wow. To have her here in the flesh to respond. (laughs) A a surprise true crime episode. (laughs) I was talking to my aunt and uncle at our baby shower and they were like, oh, yeah, when they announced that the Gilgo Beach killer was from Massapequa, we all thought it was a relative of ours because I have an uncle that no one really sees anymore. (laughs) So there was suspicion for a second of, oh, no, is this our family member? And (laughs) are we going to be in a documentary? (laughs) Will we be approached about a documentary? But it wasn't a member of our family, thankfully, once announced. Small blessings. In 2024, let us all be grateful every time a serial killer is is (laughs) host and is not a family member of ours. (laughs) So true. If an estranged family member of yours was a serial killer, would you do the documentary? Would you appear when they approached you about it? I feel like professionally that would not be a good idea (laughs) for me. Just for me and for me and for me and mine. I would certainly be tempted. It would be something I would not, it would not be an immediate no. I'll put it that way. But I don't think I would end it. How about you? I would do it. Yeah. She's very, any exposure is good exposure to this one. (laughs) Now, I went to a famous top 10 criminals wax museum in Canada as a child. What? And as we were walking through, my mom and cousin were like, oh, we're related to that one. (gasps) Like cool. big gambling guy. Can you lucky, say who it was or was this going to get lucky Leo? <laughs> lucky Leo, the, the big gamble criminal. That is cool. I have to say of all the criminals, it could be a gambling. That feels the safest. Yes. Yeah. Things could be much worse. Lucky Leo gambling criminal. Yeah. See it. See what you can find. Federico Lucky Leo de Leonardis. Does that sound right? Was a Chicago outfit associate and compulsive gambler who was known to have run the gambling crime ring for the Chicago gang. Okay. All right. I guess that's my cousin. This is great. (laughs) Would you appear in a documentary about Lucky Leo Nicole? Yes. I think because he's long dead. Like, I do find, I'm sorry, it's sort of distasteful, the, like, the real-time documentaries of people who've, like, gone through tragic, horrible, you know, killings of their parents, and then there's documentaries about those people. Like, I... I don't I don't think that's great. Yeah. I, but this I also, is the past. That's true. Anything that's like from like 1920s and earlier, I think is free game because now it's a history podcast. Right. You know, this is no longer about the ghoulishness of, of, of death. I do find myself 
Well, the other thing is, like, I'm just sure that if I was a part of one of those documentaries, I'm also much like in the jinx, I'm going to forget to turn my mic off. I'm going to go <laughs> in the bathroom and I'm just going to make an embarrassing sound. I'm not going to confess to any crimes. There's going to be some embarrassing sound. I'm not saying this is like bathroom humor. I just might actually like make a weird noise or voice, which I do sometimes <laughs> to myself. And then that's going to become a whole thing. I just don't want to entertain that sort of risk. Mm, a hot mic. Nicole's hot mic. favorite show is The Jinx. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I will say it made quite an impression on me. <laughs> that one really, he had, his eyes are lifeless. Lifeless there was eyes. something yeah. about that guy. Something about that guy I don't trust. It's calling crazy. <laughs> My takeaway from that, something's going on there. Something's happening with that <laughs> I think the jinx is why we have all the thousands and millions of true crime documentaries that aren't as good. It's yeah, just all the jinx's true. fault that we're still watching bad versions of it like that's i think that's the thing where it's like i mean first and foremost i think it's horrible to entertainify real life like human suffering i think that story was so wild because it had so much to do with like money and power and he as a fig like just the actual arc within the documentary of what happened is Mm -hmm. so crazy yeah that i then felt like what followed was like People were trying to make something like that happen, and they, yeah, it's like no, that just right. that just happened, and we should at least be able to acknowledge that that was wild that that happened. Yeah, usually, sort of killers don't admit on camera in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> yes, while their mic is still on that they did it. Yes, where's the huge spoiler for the jinx? <laughs> um, <laughs> very sorry for everyone who's like, don't say that. I was gonna watch that seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, the belching. The belching. Constant belching. It was wild. It, it just was, sounded It was so trying to up. come out. The, yes. the truth was trying to come out. Via burp. <laughs> Via burp. This is not a true crime podcast. Well, I guess the way it is. Have you ever seen the documentary Tickled? Oh, of course. Of course. The tickle ring. That really got. And I know some people who did the tickling. Whoa. Who did the tickling? The tickle videos. <laughs> Who are not tickled. I will not share their names, tickled. but I do not. I think I know two people who are like, oh, my God, I I showed up to that and was then like, oh, maybe this maybe I shouldn't do this. Wow. Oh, my God. Can you just briefly explain what tickled is to the uninitiated? <laughs> yeah, I know. Very sorry to the uninitiated. Tickled is a documentary in which it began as a lighthearted documentary where a guy had discovered that there were just there was like a whole world of like competitive tickling online. And it starts up being like, who are these people? What's this? And then it becomes clear that there is a like villainous mastermind who is entrapping like innocent fleets and models and actors into doing these tickling videos, which are loosely erotic, but like no nakedness or anything. And then blackmailing them for years to be like threatening to expose like minor league baseball players and actors as being a part of this like very niche kink when in fact they they got like trapped into it it's it's wild it's crazy yeah yeah and again it ends up being about like money and power Mm, like this mm -hmm. is a person who operates kind of above the law because they just have so much money evil it's nuts it's evil (laughs) i did i was not expecting this to be the direction in the early part of the podcast it just sort of came out 
you know? I love that Tickled got brought up. We don't talk about Tickled enough. Yeah, Tickled hasn't come up yet on the pod in a shocking turn of wow. events. I can't believe. Yeah, this is episode 41 or, or 40, and we're, we're, we're this is, yeah. yeah. We're just one, getting to Tickled now. I'm glad to usher in Tickled. Because <laughs> I will never forget. There's nothing more innocent than Tickling, and I will never forgive the person responsible for turning it into something that oh. feels illicit. But being forced to tickle or having tickling forced upon you. Sorry, but isn't all tickling forced? That's true. And I said it was like an instant thing. Is tickling consensual at any time? Tickling was, like, I don't know why I just said that everything's fine about tickling. Like, tickling for me was forever a source of panic. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Get out of there. It's essentially like someone taking control of your brain for a little bit. I don't like that. (laughs) Are you going to tickle your children, Nicole? No. Uh, well, will I tickle my son? Maybe when he's very small, but not, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good I would question. try it maybe once and then see if, if they like it and then ask for it. That's a good, yeah, I think that's a good policy. Only consensual tickling. Yeah, if they're like, can you tickle me? That's so fun when we do that. <laughs> then I would tickle them. But, but right. otherwise, I would not tickle. <laughs> no, you're not introducing this as a love life. You're going to let them say, this is an activity I'd like to participate in with you. Yeah. They can choose their own religion. They can choose their own tickling path. That's it's what like, I'm doing with my kids. It's not like, I'm going to force this primal reaction that we haven't fully figured out yet. Like, <laughs> it's it just stresses me out. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a great moment to segue. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Talking about brain control, mind control. Talking yeah. about brain control, yeah, mind control, exactly. tickling into the meat and potatoes, as I call it, of the pod, which is. She our... loves to say that. She loves that phrase. Yeah, we we have we have passed the wedge salad portion of the dinner. And now Absolutely. Now we're into meat potatoes. <laughs> Andrew Duncan Farmer. We're going to ask you the central question of this pod. I used your full name. Um, <laughs> okay. What did you think growing up was true, real to your life experience that you now, um, as an adult, realize, you know what? That was actually full brainwashing. Oh, yeah. I'm ready with it. The idea that I was brainwashed by from a very young age was that sports is the news. <laughs> wow. Sports yeah. is not the news. I've come to no. wait. Say, say more. Say more. Sports, like sports are on the news. Like there's a, it'll be like, there's this famine going on and there's a, the first election in this developing country. And also the Braves are, you know, like the Braves <laughs> beat the Marlins tonight. Like, Sports is not the news. Sports is entertaining. And I know yeah. I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers here. I'm not saying sports is bad. I'm not saying sports are, are not fun to watch. I'm saying that it's not the news. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the news. Why? Yeah. Why is it put up? Why do we think it's important enough to be next to the Gilgo yes. Beach Killer announcement that we also have to know it, what's happening in the NFL? Who cares? Exactly. And I'm, I, I already know from all the jocks who listen to your podcast. I already anticipate the argument. All yeah. the jocks. Yeah. The ruggers, the rugby players. Yeah. They're all <laughs> listening. I know their response is going to be like, is like movies and award season, like Oscar seasons on the news. And is that any different? And I'm saying, I agree. I don't think that belongs in the news either. I think that like when something is in its cultural moment, like I understand the Super Bowl or the World Series being on the news, mm-hmm. but there's not news store. Okay. Movies, you know? There aren't like news stories about like Aquaman 2 is out. Let's talk to the people in Aquaman 2, you know? 
it's it's like the fact that there's a good 10 minutes of news dedicated to like here's what happened in all the games today is weird to me and i think it starts very early and i think it starts when we're kids that i think our our culture's relationship to sports is very weird and it deserves some it deserves some reflection absolutely well absolutely for sure why do we think because i'm from a place that i have to die and pledge allegiance to this team and get in fist fight with people who don't like said team that I and like because I'm from that place that the team is from. It's really weird chimpanzee brain stuff. And I'm not pretending that I was above it. Like as a kid, I remember my family, we grew up in New Hampshire. And so we like followed the Red Sox and my brothers liked the Mets. And if the Mets and the Yankees were playing in a game together and friends of mine were coming over with Yankees hats on, I'd be like, you're going to have to leave the hats outside. I didn't even care about this. I, it, but it was like this <laughs> cultural divide that I was like, as a member of this household, I have to prove my allegiance to this group of men in hats. For me, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't really come from a household of sport. I think my dad casually watches sport, but he's not like, you got to be a Cowboys fan or death to you, which some people I think it are. Just- it comes and I and I say this, you know, with understanding um, and love, but I think it comes from uninteresting. <laughs> you know, people like to have a little something to talk about, a little something special, a little something fun in their lives. And if you could say, oh, the eagles are better than the dragons, like right. that's just <laughs> something to say that might make you feel good in the moment. Yes. Eagles are better than the dragon. Nicole's <laughs> never. I think it came out recently on the pod that Nicole's maybe only been to one sport game. Oh wow! I've seen, and it... I've seen a sport game sometimes. <laughs> I mean, we don't talk enough about the dragons as a team, mainly because <laughs> I don't know that they exist. But <laughs> but well, let's have that conversation. It's also like so many times not even like where you liking the team where you're from it's like you liking the team where your dad's from it's like the saddest thing i've ever heard deeply weird i I mean also i don't know did i think you go to high schools where like sports were king Mm -hmm. you did yeah 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 people really cared yeah and and it's i i don't think that's bad i don't think it's bad that people care about sports or anything like i just i my area of south florida where i went to high school I went to an art school, so like nothing. It was a public school, but like we had a relatively successful soccer team, but the rest, we it was all just kind of for fun. But I was in high school during a time where my school district was having the conversation about cutting history classes before cutting sports, like before cutting like any sports program where they were truly like, well, how many years of history do we want the high school to take? And I, that's <laughs> when I was like, something about this feels, something about this feels not great. And then I think in, in many cases, you hear stories about when there are huge public school budget cuts that parents will fund, will self-fund sports over like a music program, an arts program, even some academic programs. And I don't know, like I hear the arguments of it fosters like team building, but I'm like, so does making empanadas. Like, I, like there are a <laughs> lot of things we can do for team building. Yeah. And then when people are like, it's to promote fitness. And I'm like, fitness where like our bodies are filled with microplastics like 
I don't know what, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Why is it so important? And football isn't fitness. It's, I mean, if anything, it's anti-fitness because they're all getting bashed in the head. Yeah, the brain's I mean, football is breaking the brains at an alarming rate. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone gets paid millions of dollars to break their, would you guys break your brain? I asked this the other day because we had a football game on on Christmas for some reason. And I said, would it be worth millions of dollars for you to smash your brain Good constantly? Question. No. no. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I would do that. I don't <laughs> think I personally would do that. I'd rather um, be poor with my current brain. I, I damaged my brain in other ways, but I don't want to do right. any bashing. Not running into cement walls no they don't do that into the well, ground and i guess another like i'm the youngest of four boys all three of my brothers were like sports prodigies but at the same point it was not like the all-consuming thing that i feel like in many cases they played basketball and baseball they did not play and i do think football functions differently than mm -hmm. those other two sports and i'll say this too <laughs> this is maybe the gayest thing i've ever said i think <laughs> some sports are aesthetically pleasant experiences to to watch like i mm. think baseball boring but like the experience of like, but there's a nicely cut green lawn. The men are running around. <laughs> there's like kind of old timey Americana music. I'm eating a hot dog. Like those are things that I can get behind. But then some sports, I'm like, I don't know what you're given, you know? And the culture of the people that go, like not for me. Like I don't, you're talking about college sports. Like we did not obviously go to a school where sports, where oh, anyone well. knew of a sport happening. <laughs> But people go to fucking University of Texas, USC, where the, the games are thousands of people and they're televised. And that's your culture at school is going to these huge games and tailgating. And I just we just sort of don't understand it, I guess. We missed it. We were all at Triple Crown and Theater for a New City and not <laughs> tailgating ripping at... toilets out of walls and not playing <laughs> sports okay but this is what i don't understand is like is there a reason just beyond the arbitrary of i like these colors or i like this place or i like this animal or my dad's from here that i would support this specific sports team it was would it be like they really stand for something great or i love how they play so well like is there any other what what would be an actual reason to care and like celebrate and follow one team over another? You know what I mean? I guess there's a part of it, too, where it's like, I think human beings by nature enjoy watching games and enjoy the concept of competition. I get why it's like a fun form of entertainment. But I, I also think that way about like any anything. I don't know any form of entertainment. I don't understand why it has so elevated in our culture. We're like, I feel like in many cases, and I know like sports fandom has no gender, but I also feel like there's a kind of insidious, like masculine chokehold that, that, yeah. that sports has. <laughs> and very often the only time we'll see like adult men have emotional responses to things are at sporting events. Right. And right. I remember like, I love the men in my family very much, but like when my brothers, if their team lost, They'd be in like a funk for a few days, you know? And I'm just going to say like, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. When someone I want to win doesn't win, I'm like, oh, bummer. But I don't, it doesn't <laughs> ruin my week. Now, right. I, there might be people out there whose week it does ruin. Sure. So I don't mean to make that assumption, but I don't know. It just feels strange to me. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Maybe it is just a catharsis, like the way that we go sit in a theater and watch 
you know, wow. some play and cry and weep. They need to go to the sport game and yell and cry. That's true. At their team to let it out. That's the only way they get to let it out. Chris's family was visiting LA, we went to a Dodgers game, and there was a man in front of us who was not a Dodgers fan. Guess who they were playing? But he he said the F slur about a thousand times. Oh my God. He wasn't in bad spirits, but he was alone and he was screaming that sometimes at members of the team that he was supporting. And I was like, what's going on? At the end, he, I mean, he was plastered. But like at the end, he was, we, we were seeing a man breaking before our eyes. And I was like, watching a baseball game to me is like watching people like do a puzzle. And I'm like, I don't know that I could ever, even if I cared a lot about the people who were making the puzzle, I don't know that I could, I mean, certainly wouldn't shut the episode that many times, but I also wouldn't be like fully destroyed at the end. And I wonder what's like, I just wonder when that starts, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's okay to like sports a little bit, but if you like it too much, that's a red flag. <laughs> like and it's I like, can... oh, we just enjoy a day out and we're eating our treats and watching a little thing and then we go home. But when it's so important to you, that's like what, maybe go to therapy. Yeah. that And I think about like, I went to the, I, I did play sports when I was a kid. Mostly I was on the swim team, which as soon as body hair became a thing, I was like, this I don't care enough about this to fully shave my full body. Mm-hmm. But like I enjoyed I enjoyed being on the swim team. I thought it was a fun thing. My parents would come to meets like things are fine. But I think there's not like there's not like a swimming like cultural machine in America, which is probably for the best. But like when I would go to my brother's like little league games all the way through their like college games, there always were parents. Never mind, thankfully, but there always were parents who were like. It was as though they were watching the Hunger Games or Squid Games. It it felt like their kids' lives were on the lines and they would just be like red in the face screaming. And I wonder, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like gladiatorial times to gladiatorial. I don't know how to say that the way that I want to. We just like seeing people, someone win. I don't know. It is. It is the oldest form of entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Gladiator. Gladiators. What do you, what do you? theater too they like that in the in greece or whatever i know yeah i mean i would love to see a similar sort of bloodlust you know for best supporting actress uh, i you mean know? i think depending on your circles it's very I know. possible that you might yeah. depends on which bars you're going to in west hollywood right. i don't know like does anything elicit that kind of response for you like in competition not in what i've seen some men elicit in sport yeah yeah i don't know if i've ever cared I, about anything the way i've seen some men melt down around a team winning or i still feel pretty pretty strongly that the king's speech should not have won best oscar and black swan should have not or the social network would have also been fine but really black swan that year that i feel pretty strongly about but you know otherwise i don't really care about stuff you didn't cry that's true no, I certainly didn't cry. I was just like, these yeah. people are fucking idiots. Calling yeah. in the, you know, F word. That's true. <laughs> certainly not. Let's get, that. Let's get ahead of that for sure. Get, get ahead of those rumors that the night that the King's speech won. Nicole Spezio was heard. Yeah. I would like, as you're saying that, Nicole, I am recalling that the year my octopus teacher won best documentary over crypt camp i think i did like a primal roar of like what is wrong with all of you 
Yeah. Like it was just, it was such a crazy thing. I mean, I support the octopus and everything, but sure, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, um, we <laughs> support the octopus. Not nearly enough support for the octopus. Um, <laughs> octopus uh, gets a lot of support. I'll say it. people <laughs> out here not eating octopuses anymore. That's true. I've movie. I've stopped. I really have stopped, <laughs> and I liked it. Spanish restaurant or somewhere where it's done well, I might consider <laughs> a pulpo. <laughs> A pulpo. <laughs> I am recalling, I think the three of us were together during the Super Bowl where Beyonce was the halftime show. Oh my God, and the power went out. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Well, and then there was, were we also together when the, with the Gaga one? Yes. That's why we're there. That's our, that's why, yeah. All right. I'm there for dips and music. Yes. That's the only, yeah. and most years that even won't get me into a party. You know, most years I don't <laughs> want to go still. Yeah. I can make my own dip. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own house with my own dip. Now, <laughs> here's another question. What sort of relationship did you have to your gym teacher in high school? God, what an, what an amazing question. <laughs> I had a good relationship in middle school with one of my coaches. Okay. I, say. I babysat his children on occasion, which oh, I was yeah. a child. Why was I babysitting? I think the rules kind of changed in like 2005 about babysitters because I do <laughs> prior to that, there, babysitters could also be children. Right. I still think you shouldn't go to your teacher's house to babysit their kids. <laughs> yeah, I, I think def- you shouldn't be able to look in your like teacher's medicine cabinet. Well, I famously, my, you know, lived with a teacher who. Yes. Jenny's mom was a teacher. So the, the teacher oh. experience for Jenny is a little different than they were teachers. Normal. The teachers were in my home. Oh my gosh, the, the the teacher's coming from inside the house. Yeah, so I dealt with going to teachers' houses and being te- and being the teachers in the house. What <laughs> <laughs> did you feel that having a teacher parent parted in you a, a sense of authority? Hmm. 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 Maybe a slightly. I would go into my mom's office, which was a shared teacher office. Wow. And it was called a pod. Yeah, the pod. I would go into her pod and sort of be like, I'm allowed to be in here. That's probably the only authority I felt. I don't know, but that's that's going into a, that's going into a, an exclusive space. So that yeah. is, yeah, yeah, I don't think that is something. That I wasn't supposed to be in, probably. I wouldn't be in there. Did non-children of teachers ever go into the pod? Oh, all right. Yes, for extra help. Okay, okay. Well, then, <laughs> then you weren't you weren't breaking any rules, so that's good. Yeah. Nope. Any accusations of Jenny being a Nepo baby? <laughs> Wildly overstated. At, at the Episcopal School of Dallas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we jump into the final section of this I would love podcast? Yeah. Is there any other sports is not news points that we really need to make before we transition? I think the last thing I want to say is that. There are times that I do feel sports can be news in the Colin Kaepernick situation oh, when sure. we're talking yeah, about advocacy, news. activism, when there is like a news story. I don't know, like if, if a football player ran for president, sure, you know, while they were <laughs> certainly, still playing football. Certainly they'd have to cover why that. Not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel this way uniformly. I'm not prioritizing movies and TV because that's my industry at all. I'm just saying that I, I'd like for the news to be things of great global impact. And for such a long time as a kid, I was like, I guess there must be some, this must impact trade or political relationships in some way that I'm <laughs> old enough to understand. <laughs> when the answer was, 
I love it. Thank you. Absolutely. Beautiful way to wrap Uh, it up. Sports is absolutely not news. But you know what is news is a game that we like to play on our podcast called Casting. So this is the one, the only game that we're going to play with you, Andrew. And this (laughs) is a game where we are going to pick a category. It could be any little category in the world. It could be sports balls, for example. And we would all say (laughs) who we identify as, which sports ball we are, and which sports balls our friends on the call are. Um, And we're going to just say that based on vibes and energy. So is there a category that you would like to play with or should we find one together as a community? I have one that I'd like to throw into the ring. It doesn't have to be the one we pick, but but it is just occurring to me. Casting ourselves as New York City tourist traps. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for that. I I think that's a done dealio. So (laughs) let's all take a little moment in our mind to think about what New York City tourist traps we are and each other are. There's a lot to choose from. A million. And the reason why it's fresh in my head is that I had to, I did a, a show last weekend and at Personova and it was like on 54th Street and I like didn't want to be commuting to and from Long Island. And so I did the thing where I got a hotel room in Hell's Kitchen and boy, oh boy, the, conver- the, the elevator conversations of European families and Western families talking about what their plans were for the weekend to each other really was, it tested my limits of intervention, you know, because <laughs> I really wanted to be like, oh, please, don't. please, please don't go there. But please everyone has there. to learn themselves. You can't learn a lesson for somebody else. All right. I think I got mine. Okay. Jenny, why don't you start us off then? Okay. For Andrew, I gave you Rockefeller Center. <laughs> I wow. feel like uh, there's something, and maybe it's because you do your annual Christmas Carol show. There's something that gives me Christmas vibes about you. There's a jolliness. <laughs> there's a happiness. <laughs> I appreciate that. As far as tourist traps go, at least there's a magical time of year. There's a magical element to Rockefeller Center. It's where all the Fun shows are filmed. You're in the entertainment industry, you know, 30 Rock, all of that. I take this very highly, Jenny. I am an unapologetic adult fan of the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. <gasps> I've seen it, I'd say, three times in the past 12 years. Wow. And, um, it contains, I'm not sure that it still does. The last time I saw it, it contained the most shocking line of dialogue where Santa Claus is watching a touching exchange between a parent and her sons. And Santa Claus says, that's what I want for Christmas, the eyes of a child. And that chilled me to the bone. What does that mean? That's what I want for Christmas, the eyes of a child. Oh, like Someone to wrote see, that. Uh, the idea to see the that world you're seeing the world through the eyes of a child. Yeah, right? but that's not but, how you can read it. You can read no. it many other ways. And, that, and yeah. there are a thousand ways that that line could have been written. The syntax could have been changed that would have, <laughs> that would have hit that message home. But it sounded like Santa Claus is going to pluck some kid's eyeballs out for Christmas. Yeah, it sounds like a poor translation. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> like someone translated it badly. Right, right. This was this was originally Eastern European. It's been hastily, hastily adapted. <laughs> the eyes of a child. No, um, I appreciate that. Okay, I'm glad. And now, Nicole, I gave you Times Square. Similarly, sure, yeah. bright lights, lots of energy, theater. <laughs> yes, theater. Uh, yeah. Minions, uh, <laughs> Elsa's, Olaf's, you know. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. A man walking around with Elmo's head off and carrying it on his side, you know, <laughs> sort of <laughs> the Nicole vibe, I would say. You're there, you say, I guess this is magical, but how do I, you know, get out of get here? Out. <laughs> and I get myself Statue of Liberty. I feel like she's out on her own island in the ocean. Nope, river, whatever. <laughs> what are we yeah, in over some- there? In practice, there's some there's some seawater happening there. Yeah, I'm out just waving at all the friends, hanging out in my dress. People are climbing into my head. Actually, I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, I feel like I'm a I'm just a lady out on her island. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> I have newborn brain. Okay, those are mine. I think those are beautiful. I I, I have some overlap. I did give myself Times Square. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do feel. Yeah, theater allowed. When can we go home? Too many lights. Um, <laughs> but also like kind of fun, kind of cool, you know, yeah. sort of center of the universe vibes, but um, <laughs> annoying ultimately. Jenny, now I gave you Governor's Island. Oh, okay. I'll take it. So definitely island vibes, but, yeah. you know, multifaceted, like a little bit off the beaten path. Could be, you know, doing Molly at GovBall. Could be, you know, dressing up in a flapper outfit for the jazz lawn party or could be just camping or just like you know a lot of little fun activities concentrated to a little island yeah amazing i'll take it i love I, I i like governor's island yeah it's not bad it's not bad it's you know, great a great um, way to spend an early fall day absolutely, absolutely. and farmer i gave you katz's deli hey <laughs> <laughs> because... <sighs> thank you I mean, you to me are pastrami. Absolutely. <laughs> you are an institution, a generationally delicious, just have been here. People want it. People want to try it. Um, but like has stood the test of time as just being delicious and great. Oh, yeah. Pastrami sandwich. What a deep honor. I <laughs> love Kansas Deli. I really do. And I'll, and I'll pay a lot of money for an egg cream. I don't care. <laughs> absolutely it's for the experience it's for yes. the experience wow i feel very i feel very pleased with with these choices mine for you all it's funny nicole because mine is it, it is in Times square but quite specifically you are the wax museum the madame Tussauds <laughs> wax museum in Times because here's absolutely. the thing people are drawn to you people want to know more they want to be a part of it they want to get pictures there's an inherent excitement to it they get variety. There's something for everybody. People leave there laughing. They leave there with lots of pictures that they'll remember. They leave feeling as though they've met, uh, you know, a hundred different celebrities. <laughs> and I think, I think you have this natural magnetism that, in my opinion, is better than just running into a celebrity on the street because you really are the genuine article. You know, you're not going to brush people away. You're there. To, you know, you'll get the picture and people will, will remember that. I love that. Nicole um, is a wax museum. I, I am absolutely a wax museum. <laughs> and you and it's funny that you mentioned that you had been to a wax museum of deadly killers. <laughs> Criminals, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and gambler. Jenny, you, for me, are the circle line boat tour. Um, because wow. there is something deeply relaxing about it. My feeling is like, I want to have a drink. Like, mm-hmm. this is where we're taking it in. It's easy. It's calm. Okay, we can have a nice conversation. There's not all the hustle and bustle. It's mm-hmm. we're just taking it all in and we're enjoying the view together. It's an opportunity for 
connection, which I feel like every time we're together, you're so good at just letting all the rest of the world kind of drown out and you're just there with somebody. And I think oh. that's what the circle line does for you. Wow. I love that. Everyone gives, we're all giving me water features. I love this. <laughs> exactly. It's fresh in my mind. It's fresh <laughs> in my mind. And for me, I think I'm going to say that I'm the Times Square Olive Garden. <laughs> wow. Because I think that I am, people want in a, in a, an unusual place, they want something a little familiar, mm. you know? Mm. And I think of myself as being a, a familiar sort of person. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to rock your world. I'm not going to make you think about your life differently. I'm not going to reinvent the breadstick or the, you know, <laughs> or the Italian wedding suit. That's not, that's not what I'm for. But I think I'm a little dose of home. Mm. And sometimes you have to wait a long time. I'm not great with time management. So, <laughs> but I like to think I'm worth it, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Those are, those are incredible. Very I felt incredible. Incredible. Th this was very therapeutic, I felt. It really is. It's because it's so uncomfortable getting direct compliments from people. But mm. when you're thinking about yourself as a place or an inanimate object, then it's a lot easier to absorb what other people find pleasant. About. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I never thought about casting like that. But yeah, that is... A part of it. Yeah. I mean, we could have said nasty things. We didn't. That would be, what a real twist sure. that would be. That's true. I mean, Jenny said a couple of not amazing <laughs> things about me as Times Square, but I th I get it. And that's <laughs> that's also part of it. You know, compliments and honesty to really be seen. It's not always going to be all all good. I was mostly dragging Times Square. Not. That's and, true. And, and, there, and therefore me. By me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. This, this is so lovely. lovely. Thank you so much, Andrew. Really, this is just my face is glowing. And I have so loved spending this time with you. Thank you for having me. I love this podcast. Now tell all the people oh. where they can find you, where they can keep up with you. Oh, gosh. Well, I, you know, the social media boom is dwindling, folks. <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram. I'm still doing stuff on there at That's a Jellyfish, <laughs> which is an account that I made before I ever thought having a social media would have anything to do with my career. <laughs> but that is where you can find me. Oh, I guess I'm on TikTok, too. And that one, I, I am Andrew D. Farm. So that was oh yeah, you gotta follow Andrew on TikTok. You gotta get all the characters. I, I tr I'm I'm out there trying. There's a lot there. of wigs, and you want to <laughs> see them. <laughs> One day the three of us will will reunite. We'll wear we'll wear, wear some wigs together. I love it, and I love you all. Love you.